What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to the HR Impact Show. I'm CT from Engage Rocket, and I'm your co-host for today. Today's show is going to be talking about building teams with T-shaped talent. And there's really no team without that T-shaped talent. And to walk us through that concept is Tracy St. Deke. Tracy is the global head of talent at Zapier. I got introduced to Zapier more than five years ago when I was stitching integrations with different software together like this dinky little tech nerd. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tracy. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Could you share a little bit more about Zapier, like any kind of behind the scenes the listeners should know about and, and about your role in the company? Yeah, Zapier is a no-code automation platform and our mission is to make automation work for everyone. It's software that empowers users to connect the apps that you already use into automated workflows, but now with the power of AI and just the idea is that everyone should be able to set up automation that can do the tedious work for you so that you can focus on the work that humans do best. It is for everyone, the mom and pop shop, the solo entrepreneur, businesses, enterprises. I love hearing about people who use Zapier for themselves and that happens in all aspects of my life. My role at Zapier, like you said, I'm the global head of talent, which means I run several functions of our talent team, which include talent acquisition, talent intelligence and sourcing, employer branding, all of the related diversity recruiting partnerships, and also our internal mobility strategies and talent pathways too. Prior to that, I spent about 14 years in the nonprofit education sector, first actually as a kindergarten teacher through Teach for America, and then played a variety of different roles in recruiting strategy, people related, and spent my last few years leading our mighty national recruitment team at Teach for America. If you were to think about the achievements that you've had in your current role, what would you say is the achievement that you're most proud of up to this point? Oh, where my head goes first, honestly, is just I'm so proud of my team. When I came into Zapier, we were really building our talent team, like lots of new folks coming in from all different companies. We we're just trying to become more unified. And so I think moving away from a more reactive recruiting model with siloed teams to a proactive recruiting model, what we'll call a flex capacity model, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And just a team that really understands each other's strengths. In this tricky tech environment where hiring swells and then it slows, the work is always changing. And my team is just incredible and generous in how they lean in to support each other and partner together. That's incredible. To continue on this rapid fire questions, what is your moonshot goal for next year? If we could say with confidence that every single person we bring into Zapier is not only more than qualified for the role, that they're top talent, but they also lean into this idea of T-shaped talent, that every person is an enterprise talent, good for the company as a whole and also in the long term. And what is one leadership myth that you wish would just go away? The leadership myth I wish would go away is that you should spend more time working on your areas of growth. I know that may be blasphemous, right? Because 
you get feedback from your manager. I know a lot of people get that. And like myself, I dig it. I'm like, okay, where do I need to grow? What's my action plan to grow? I think you need to mitigate risk on areas of growth and weakness for sure, especially if it's something that's impacting others. But I subscribe to the idea that you actually get more bang for your buck if you focus on your strengths. So you should lean into them until they become superpowers. These are the things that you build a personal and professional brand around that become your unique contribution that people turn to you for. So I say put more energy there and make sure your growth areas just aren't slowing you down. I know what I'm not good at. I just accept it. I try to work with others who compliment me. And it's also more energizing and enjoyable for someone to do the things that they're good at and they love. So pay attention to your areas of strength and don't pay too much attention to areas of growth. You are speaking my language. We spend so much time thinking about closing gaps when actually in that era of strength, we could be one of the best in the world. But if we spend all our time trying to close these gaps, we never get that ability to shine. To get us started, could you share what what a T-shaped talent is? Yeah. Let's start with a definition. For context, this was an internal McKinsey concept in the 1980s. And then David Guest coined the phrase in the early 90s. But it really gained popularity from the IDEO CEO, Tim Brown. And I feel like it's gaining even more popularity now. So T-shaped talent simply means that you are capable of a lot of things, but really expert in one. So these are people who are highly skilled subject matter experts in one area, which is likely their core job. If you think about that as the vertical line visually on a T. And then they have a broad range of skills, knowledge and experience, and that creates the horizontal line. It also usually means that because you have those skills and experience more broadly, you can also collaborate across disciplines, cross-functionally with other experts, and you can support work just outside of your one specific job description. I think of T-shaped talent as having both depth and breadth. So this is very interesting because it's counter to the idea of having talent that's all-rounded, people who are just good at everything. Why do you think that model is superior to trying to find someone who's apparently good at everything? So just to round it out, you have T-shaped talent, and then on the other ends of the spectrum, you have what would probably be considered I-shaped talent, right? Like we just think about the, the vertical, a subject matter expert in one area having a niche-specific skill set. And then you described a generalist, broad experience, can do a number of different things, but not an expert in one. I actually don't think they're necessarily better or worse. It depends on your talent model and the work you need done and the way you want to staff to meet your goals. Sometimes you need a mix of all three. For example, if I was having a surgery, I want a specialist. I want someone who is, that's what they live and breathe every day. But I also think on the other side, early career roles should likely be more generalist roles. In fact, that's probably the best way for people who are earlier in their career to learn. Most of us do have a skill or an area where we're expert, and then we have a broader set of skills that we can pull on based on where we're most needed. For Zapier today, and I think in a lot of organizations, T-shaped talent is really optimal because it's win for the company and it's also win for the individual as well. So there are some contexts in which T-shaped talent just function better than the I-shaped talent. And if I were to guess, contexts in which T-shaped talent perform the best are when the job to be done is decently well-defined, but can change at a moment's notice. So we need people who are relatively flexible, but at the same time can get their core job done. A hundred percent. I think there's a few benefits to T-shaped talent and T-shaped talent as a way to build talent dense organizations. And number one there is exactly what you said, adaptability and agility. So If you have folks who can easily adapt to changing circumstances or new challenges because they have a wider perspective 
and a variety of skills to draw from. This is really important in having teams stay agile and nimble, especially if you're in a context or an industry that's rapidly changing, like automation and AI. There, there isn't an industry that's changing more rapidly than that right now. Alongside that, I think what goes along with adaptability and agility is also collaboration. T-shaped talent can work really effectively across different teams due to their broad understanding. They can all speak the same language, even if they're not expert. And then there's innovation too. You can bring perspectives to others' work and that diverse knowledge facilitates the fusion of ideas from different fields. And, and that can lead to sometimes more innovative solutions. Again, going back to your point of like when context is changing rapidly too. Those are some of the key places where if that's the right environment for you or if that's a part of your company where that's really important, then T-shaped talent is, I think, the way to go and optimal. We talked about talent density as well as a concept. So let's flesh that out a little bit. How do you define talent density? So I think the term talent density really is attributed to Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, and his book. How we define talent density at Zapier is every single person in the company has an unusually specific and impactful role, as well as the context and tools that they need to succeed at a high level. And of course, the more people who can do that, the more talent dense your organization is so that everybody is operating at or above or at or close to the top of their potential. When you have an environment where people can do their best work, then they can really thrive. That's what a talent-dense organization looks like, where you're maximizing people's potential. So talent density is not just about the supply of talent and the quality of talent. It's also about how that talent is deployed, the contexts under which that talent is deployed. If T-shaped talent is your talent strategy like it is at Zapier, then it's really everything. It's hiring, it's onboarding, ongoing training. It's also building a mindset and culture around T-shaped talent. Because we're not just building and configuring teams by putting all these subject matter experts and puzzle pieces together. We're really trying to create a versatile and agile workforce from the very beginning. If you're trying to build a team that is full of T-shaped talent, there's aspects of hiring, L&D, daily operations, and mindsets that you have to consider. So let's take a real example. Would you be able to talk about a T-shaped team that you've encountered or you've built? How does that look like? There's some really good and I think specific examples that we share about how we're operating at Zapier that's coming all the way from our CEO and chief people officer of how we want to operate as a team. So for hiring, for example, if we want to focus on T-shaped talent for hiring, that means that my team is working with hiring managers to consider prioritizing talent that has the experience we need, but also skills that are applicable to the business and other functions that they might work with or be asked to support. We're considering how do you add qualifications into job descriptions that would enable that person to lean into a larger scope of work if needed. So it's like a really concrete example that teams could do now with roles that they have open. Then the second thing would be learning and growth. We often ask our executives and heads of teams to think about talent capabilities that they want to have on their team. What that means is we say, consider what are the one to two skills that if they were built within your team, if they were really well developed, that would enable you to accomplish goals with fewer dependencies on other teams or experts. Do you really need an expert to accomplish what you need? or can you have someone on your team work on that? So we really encourage people to build skill sets based on interests that are tangential to their core work. In Zapier, we offer a budget for learning and development. So people can take classes, get certifications, they can brush up on skills or et cetera to support this. 
But we want to be really pointed and ask team leaders to say, there are a few skills that your team can build that would enable you to do a lot more. How are you going to start building those? How are we going to encourage that? How are we going to spur that learning and growth? So that's the second thing. Then for daily operations, our CEO wrote a, a post to our company that I actually think had, is a great example of this. So Wade Foster, the CEO of Zapier, he said, if you have a product manager with amazing design skills, they might even hesitate to do very lightweight design within their product area if they're already thinking, oh, we have tons of talented designers elsewhere and that's their role and I don't want to step on their toes. That might actually stall a project or it might pull on capacity in a place where it's not necessary. Or similarly, like a product marketer with strong writing skills might wait for a copywriter to be available to work on something that actually like they themselves could do. They could get started on it. They could maybe even fully complete it. That's one of the things that we think about with daily operations is how can you default to action? That's one of our company values. How can you jump in and support? So if your team has the skills to do the task on its own, then do it in-house. And obviously things like company culture around transparency and communication practices ensure that this doesn't turn into people stepping on toes or becoming really disorganized. But it's a simple question that you can ask yourself. Can I do it? Is there someone on my team who can do it? Or do I need to wait for the expert or the person who has the title or the job description to do it? And then I would say the last thing is mindsets. So you can work on hiring, you can work on ongoing development, you can look at your operations. But I think the mindset piece is so important for a talent-dense organization and for T-shaped talent because you want to make sure the goals, the missions, and the priorities are ultra clear to everyone. So everyone knows what to prioritize and when to deprioritize something in service of the greater good. Maybe you set down your core work to go aid another team to ship a product faster, right? It's easier to do that when you have the right mindsets for maximizing T-shaped talent. We're really trying to bring awareness to our company, bring awareness to our team, and figure out how we can maximize all of the talent that people bring to their work and not just what their job description is. Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community. Get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. And now back to the show. If you're a team of people, like a two pizza team, that's very doable. But when you're a few thousand people running around, that you need systems to be able to yeah. control how this is propagated through the organization. What do you think Zapier is doing differently in the hiring process to be able to suss out how T-shaped the person really is? This is an ongoing process for us. But what I think we're trying to move to and aspiring to do is to really broaden the scope of where we think potential is. And what I mean by that is it's easy to hire someone into a role who has done that exact role before at a different company, maybe use the same playbook, maybe had the same title, did the exact same role. And sure, you're going to get somebody who is great and expert at that role. That can be useful. And you can also look for candidates in your sourcing and your talent attraction methods and your application review, candidates that have that experience but also have potentially a breadth of other experience, especially looking at types of companies at different industries. Skills are really transferable. And if you as a recruiting team can think about and hiring, what are the skills that are transferable if we just gave people the right context? I think that's opening you up not only to potentially broader T-shaped talent so that you're thinking about different profiles of people who could be good for your role, 
but it also can really broaden diversity so that you're not just focused on who's the one person who's done this job before. We know there are historical and systemic barriers to people entering certain industries like tech, for example. And so when you think about a broader candidate pool, broader set of skills, and you're more open to the experience people bring than that could be in slightly different contexts that could actually really aid innovation and give more perspective to your company. You're also broadening your pool of potential candidates in terms of identities and backgrounds and general perspective as well. All the way from the CV screens, just going through that resume, making sure there's a little bit of diversity there that can help provide clues as to the ability of this person across multiple domains. And then through the interviewing process, I guess you can ask certain things as well. One of the things that I, I've heard Xavier several times from our CEO too is like that fact that he looks for people with heart and hustle and hunger, like the three H's. Mm. So I think it's that hunger and that hustle piece too, right? When you're curious, when you want to know how something works and you dive into it, where you can demonstrate potentially in a hiring process that you've jumped in to support other teams outside your lane. One of the most recent interview processes that I was on when I was on the interview panel for a role at Zapier, one of the questions was, tell me about a time when you saw something outside of your job that you saw an opportunity to go fix and you did it. How did you do that and why did you do it? So asking questions even around getting at this curiosity, almost an entrepreneurship mindset to identify and spot opportunities to support and help and jump in on different things, knowing that it's all connected and just default to action for the good of the team, I think. These are all things that we can look for in a hiring process, but also a mindset of flexibility that has to be cultivated once people are here. Once you've brought these talent into the organization, how do you cultivate that mindset that rewards flexibility for the team? So a couple of things on mindset. It, it helps with the change management. It helps with the adaptability. First, I would say it's this idea of one team, one mission. It has to be clear that everyone's working towards the same thing. It's not a competition. It's not territorial. When people are mostly concerned about their own KPIs or goals, they're going to be often just like less willing to pitch in or flex in, as my team likes to say, to support others or do work that's not like their expertise. It starts with knowledge and investment. Are we all clear on what we're trying to accomplish? Are we all invested in the idea that our team is accomplishing the most important thing? Like I said, I have five different functions on my team, five different core teams, but we spend a lot of time looking at our overall roadmap for talent, how that ladders up to the overall strategy and roadmap for the people team, how that ladders up to the overall strategy and roadmap for Zapier. It's very clear what we're doing and why and what is actually the most important thing. So that's number one, one team, one mission. I would say the second thing is my managers have to know their people. Not only do they have to know their skill sets and experiences, because our employees are not just their job title, they're a whole person. And they likely had many different professional experiences before they got to us. We try to get really clear on knowing our people and knowing their interests. So even if they have a less skill or knowledge in a particular area, but are highly motivated and have the interest, per your point, then they're hungry to learn. So I would consider staffing them on a project where they can build more context and experience. That sort of helps build that T-shaped talent and contributes to a more talent-dense team in the long run. Then I think the last thing, or maybe it's a two-parter, is to demonstrate what flexibility looks like and its benefits and then actually reward flexibility. So demonstrating flexibility as a manager, team leader, you may have to orchestrate situations where people can practice this approach. You want to encourage people to jump in to volunteer help. For example, on my team last spring, we had a member of our talent operations team go out on leave and she manages our tech stack and reporting and things like that. 
Instead of having her team have to scramble to cover for her or us have to hire a temporary person, we asked a recruiter from our tech recruiting team to step in and support. And that recruiter got to learn all those skills that are outside of her day-to-day work. She also brought perspective from her recruiting side of the house into our operations and also learned more about our operations team and would be able to bring that back to recruiting on the back end. So we benefited from perspective, but we also were able to grow skill at the same time. There's a lot of examples on my team. We've done things like secondments or in other organizations I worked in before, we do externships. And then the last piece, actually rewarding that flexibility. So as a team leader, it's up to me to Shout out examples at every opportunity of people who are flexing in our flex capacity model, rewarding with praise, rewarding if your team does spot bonuses, rewarding monetarily. So we also write cross-functional work into our goals as well so that people are held accountable to it. And we also then can praise it and celebrate it at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year too. So I think those things for mindsets are really important. Making sure everyone's on the same page, really knowing your people. And making sure you're actually teaching people what this looks like in practice and rewarding it every chance you get to. Do you find that we have to train managers to look for and create these opportunities to develop skills outside Hmm. the core role uh, of their team? Or do you feel like T-shaped managers and leaders just naturally do it? Oh, that's a good question. It probably varies based on manager ability. Just like individual contributors, there are new managers, there are managers developing, there's really strong managers. I would imagine that really strong managers do this well because two reasons. You're always looking for ways to maximize your team goals or business outcomes. You're thinking about the people on your team as one lever in which to do that. Talent is a huge lever for impact, as we know. So If you're a strong manager, you're always thinking about how you might need to shift work around to meet goals. And then you're also thinking about your people's development. What's going to be engaging, exciting, and motivating to them? It's certainly something that I think about as a manager. And I know a lot of great managers who really do this is you're always looking for opportunities to build more skill in your workforce too. I think that's one of the best things about T-shaped talent or moving to focus on being a more talent-dense organization is it's really win. There's very few things in people work that don't come with trade-offs. Talent, T-shaped talent, companies have more capable teams, better business outcomes, and also individuals can grow and develop skills to be even more effective and impactful now and in the future. It's their personal development. So you're not sacrificing either one. I think great managers look for that and probably newer managers need to be trained on how to do those things too. This is such a revolutionary way of looking at the workforce because talk all the time about how the business environment is changing so quickly, how companies need to adapt and uh, enable their people to adapt. And what you've just described, that talent density, uh, optimizing for talent density, um, optimizing for T-shaped talent, you're leaning in to this trend of greater fluctuations in the business environment and saying that actually you want that ability to adapt because that way the organization grows stronger, it grows more robust, and it develops the people within it who are engaged and excited by the kind of work that they're doing with that level of diversity. Absolutely. Especially if you're in an environment or in a company where maybe you slowed down on hiring a little bit for whatever reason, and you really need to maximize the talent you have, If you are already doing things that promote T-shaped talent, it's just going to be so much easier. It's going to feel so much more natural to your company as well. That's wonderful. So one team, one mission, know your people and show them a certain amount of flexibility in how they're developed and reward that flexibility. 
a pretty good framework to start with to build that T-shaped talent mindset, optimizing for talent density. Is there anything you would add to that? I maybe add to it, though I don't think you can do everything under the sun. But I would say those four that you laid out there that we've talked about is very much related to mindset and getting people to be in a place where they approach their work with a T-shaped talent mindset all the time and a flexible mindset all the time. Then I think there are really tactical things, though, that companies can do to create opportunities for developing these skills. And I'll just very briefly say, I think it's a lot about knowledge sharing, like making it easy for someone to get the context they need to flex in. Like we're fully remote at Zapier, so we're very big on writing things down as a part of our culture of working async. Someone could have incredible skills, but they have to understand the context of another project or teams. Make it easy for them to get that. So knowledge sharing is one. I think looking for cross-functional opportunities for your people all the time. That could just be like jumping in on a project for another team, shadowing. It could be leading a, a project or initiative that involves multiple perspectives and expertise. The benefit there is that not only do team members get exposure to different leaders and teams, which can actually strengthen culture, but then, of course, they're supporting work and they're building skills. Um, and then the third thing I would just say, think through what continuous learning and developing looks like to build breadth on your team or in your company? Is it temporary assignments? Is it secondments or externships or more shadowing, things like that? So I think those are three really easy things that companies can do, focus on knowledge sharing, cross-functional opportunities, and have a real point of view for how continuous learning will happen to build breath at your organization. What's the best way for them to find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Tracy St. Deep. You can find me at Zapier. That's probably the best way to connect. There's also so many opportunities to get engaged with work Zapier is doing, whether you're interested in the organization, interested as a customer, as we said, automation and AI are for everyone. So that's also just a great way to get involved with us and our organization too. So Tracy, thank you so much for hanging with us today. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this and that you have a ton of different takeaways to build your own T-shaped team, your own talent-dense team full of T-shaped talent. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is CT, signing off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.